This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. What's that? That there's a sign. <laughs> Today's feature presentation is The Country Bears from 2002. <laughs> Katie, what is this one? Um. Well, it's a movie about a band that of uh, bears. Yep. That's yeah, it based sure on is. a ride. <laughs> right. So. Like, it, I'm, I want to get into the history, but I have to say before we get further, yes. these bears are horrifying animatronic versions of a bear. <laughs> like, they're not that scary. They're terrifying in isolation. Like, in the context of the movie, maybe not so much, but, like, if you just look at one, it's like, what? Like, what? Okay, we'll come back to that. Let me talk about the history. I just... I need people to understand in their mind, these are not just normal bears. They're not CG bears. They're not cute bears. They're horrifying animatronic bears. And you need to keep that in mind throughout the entire time we're talking because it's very important to understand. You should probably just Google the country bears and look at some images. You will quickly see what we're talking about. Um, Okay. Sorry for the tangent. So the history behind this one. Uh, It is based on a Disney theme park attraction called the Country Bear Jamboree. I remember seeing that when I was a kid at Disney World. Um, it's the second theatrical film that was based on one of Disney's theme park attractions. So not the first one. Um, and then the animatronic bear costumes were designed and created by Jim Henson's Creature Shop, which we know is actually a really good creature shop um, and a puppet designing animatronic shop. Uh, the film was filmed in Tennessee and California, kind of split between the two locations. Critics did not like this movie. Shocker. Shocker. No, shocking. <laughs> um, and it did horribly at the box office. It only grossed $18 million on a $35 million budget. So it was a complete commercial flop. <laughs> also, also shocking. Yeah. So what did you think, Katie? I mean, to be honest, I'm not really sure why this is a movie. I don't know. Um, but I do have a fun fact for you. If you want a okay. fun fact. So they so the Country Bear Jamboree is no longer at Disneyland, but it still exists at Magic Kingdom in Florida. So you can still you can still experience this whole thing. Um, but they built the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So the Winnie the Pooh attraction is in the yeah. location where the Country Bears used to be. Okay. Um, so they have a tendency to when an attraction plate replaces another attraction, usually they'll leave some sort of like hidden thing in in the new attraction that references the old one somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Like in Indiana Jones, there's a sign for the ER parking lot because Indiana Jones was built like on a parking lot. Like it used to be a parking lot. Oh, interesting. Um, but for the Country Bear Jamboree, when you're going through Winnie the Pooh, I think it's the room right after the one with all the crazy colors. If you when you pass through the door, if you look behind you up on the wall, it's the like mounted heads of like a moose, a bear and something else. It was from on the wall in the in the Country Bear Hall. Okay. It's not like three bear heads mounted on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like a moose and a couple other ones, but they're from the Country Bear Jamboree. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also another high level thought. This is bears living in harmony with people. It's true. They and, are. And they talk. 
and English. Which is kind of the horrifying part. Yeah, that I mean, the main thing that jumped out to me was the animatronic bears are just like, <laughs> I don't know if they're terrifying or horrifying, but like one of the two, something there, just like don't look at them directly. They're <laughs> Don't look at them um, in the eyes? <laughs> no, don't. Who, okay, who greenlit this movie and thought it was a good idea? Like... <laughs> Ooh, somebody somebody looked at the pitch for this movie and they knew it was going to be giant animatronic live action bears and they said yes they, yes absolutely they signed a thing they gave the green light they gave a stamp of approval and they said this is a great idea we have to do this like somebody in a room somewhere said some version of that and i don't understand why or who or how but like that, the whole time I was watching this movie, I kept coming back to that thought over and over. Like somebody said yes to this movie and thought it was a good idea. Are you saying you'd like to be in the room where it happened? Yes. Oh my God. I would love to have heard like the pitch for this movie and then saw the person that was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. Like, oh my <laughs> they, God. They probably crazy. went, they probably went to Disneyland and they were like, where are we going? Oh, we're going to go see this like really cool show. And then they took them into the country bear jamboree and sat them down. And they're like this, I want to make this a movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't That's... know what they were thinking. Um, but okay. That gets us into the moments from the movie. So the movie opens with these giant animatronic bears super jumping and crashing through stages and they're like putting on a rock concert on a video. It all seems extremely dangerous. Um, and there's this like little bear kid who's like the main character of our movie and he's watching it and he like loves the country bears and he loves music. Um, and he is a bear. Like I, you need to understand that this kid is just a bear, but he's also living with a human family. And so one of the things at the beginning of the movie that actually made me laugh was he's talking to his family and he looks at his mom and he just goes, mom, am I adopted? <laughs> and it's just, it was ridiculous because he's this little animatronic, like I can't even, Katie. He's a, he's a bear and he's like, am I adopted? And I like, the brother is like, the parents are trying to be like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dexter, the brother, he's like, he's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah am i adopted no of course not your mother definitely gave birth to a bear yeah it's so funny because like the brother obviously knows he never says that he's like not part of the family or like anything like that but he mm -hmm. just the brother knows that it's like yeah i'm living with a bear like he's like i share a room with a bear who's obsessed with a band with bears yeah how is this not weird yeah um what else jumped out to you <laughs> i like i like that you didn't include the fact that christopher walken is literally in this movie and you're just like why <laughs> oh yeah it threw me off in the moment but then there was a bunch of people in this movie and i was like yes. i feel like i should know more of the voices and the people than i did but i think there were a bunch of cameos there there was a lot um so I was just like, this is giant bears in a band that like end up breaking up and then they all go do different stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have this this kid who's obsessed with this bear band and he just wants to be part of the bear band. So he like runs away from home because you know he's not really part of that family because he's adopted. <laughs> yep. Um, and he runs away from his family and goes to Country Bear Hall. And I just it <laughs> Like, 
everyone's just super chill with the fact that these bears are like hanging out with people. Like, yeah, they wear clothes and they walk on two legs and they're human bears. I don't know. It's just it's just part of the world building. Yes. Um, But there are actually like a lot of I don't know a lot of the actors like names like right off the bat. But if you look at like the people that are in it, like one of the cops is really well known too, and like Christopher Walken's in this. And then a lot of the voices, the voice actors and stuff and the ones who do the singing voices are like very famous singers or um what is it? I think isn't the the little bear, the little kid bear, his name is like Barry or something. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Barrington. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um Haley Joel Osment does his voice. Oh yeah. No, I didn't know that. It's really random, but but yeah. Um but also why is Elton John in this movie? I yeah, he just like showed up. Wasn't he just like a gardener, like in half a scene for about ten seconds? Well, they thought he was the gardener, but he's not the gardener. He owns that house and the one bear who was like trying to act like he was super cool and he owned that house works for him. He's the gardener. Oh. Okay, obviously the joke went right over my head. I was like, I was just confused that why is Elton John here? Because they were trying to say like, they were trying to make a joke. They're like, hey, isn't that? They're like, no, that's not Elton John. And then it really was Elton John. And you're just like, well, that's random. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Um, Can I backtrack to the fact that like, so they're getting the band back together to save Country Bear Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that. Um, did, did you catch the money? Yeah. That they talked about. I stopped and I had to do the math because I was like, wait a minute, that seems like a low amount. So the this is getting into the detail, but I think it's important because it's ridiculous once you do the math. <laughs> he is the guy who owns Country Bear Hall. Um, he's six years behind on his mortgage. And so that's how they're gonna like foreclose on Country Bear Hall. But the dollar amount that's quoted to him that he owes is only twenty thousand dollars. Now, let's say just because it makes the math easier that he didn't incur any like extra penalties for not paying which he probably would have but like again let's keep the math simple so if he didn't incur any extra like charges because he wasn't paying for six years that means that for six years of mortgage he owes twenty thousand dollars if you divide that out per month that's 277 dollars per month and he owns this gigantic mansion on a huge plot of land and housing prices are just so different right now like this was the early 2000s and i know it's probably not a realistic amount they were going for but like that was maybe more unbelievable to me than the fact that there were bears talking to people with how cheap (laughs) this property was i mean it was a really big place and the fact that the bank even like let him keep it for for being six months behind on the mortgage payment six Six years. years sorry six years behind on the mortgage payments and they're just now coming to foreclose on the property says a lot yeah and um one of the bears uh really loves the lawn out in the front of the of the property and there's a bunch of jokes throughout the movie about like him trying to tell people to not walk on the grass or don't like get off the grass stay off of this part of the grass type of thing and throughout most of the movie i was like uh this like this joke isn't landing for me. I don't get it. It's not very interesting. Like, why do they keep coming back to this? And then one of the things at the very end of the movie is they try to throw this like the big concert to save Country Bear Hall and nobody shows up and they're like, oh, my God, like nobody's here. Like we didn't promote it. Um, 
and the bear who had been talking about how much he's like, stay off my lawn. He's like, oh no, I promoted it. Uh, and he kind of comes and saves the day. He's like, oh, people are here. And they're like, where? And he was like, oh, they're around back. I told him to stay off the lawn. <laughs> he was like, oh, they're out back. I didn't want them messing up my grass or whatever. Yeah. Big yes. Al, that's that bear's name. <laughs> so it's just funny because it's like so many times the joke didn't work for me. And then when I least expected it right at the end of the movie, it finally landed and I actually <laughs> laughed. <laughs> well, what was it when the cops came to interview Big Al at the at Country Bear Hall, right? The guy was like, can you get off my grass? He goes, wait, is that? And he like says what type it is. And he was like, yeah. He was like, oh, it's good grass. <laughs> just like a weird thing that kept happening he was also the one who said the like they're like what's that and he goes that's a sign right and <laughs> yeah and he said that multiple times i don't know it's just i guess there were some jokes that worked in here the the one other thing there's a lot of weird moments in this but the one other thing that legitimately like made me laugh because it was dumb but it was like funny like it was dumb humor that worked for me was there's a car chase sequence and in the middle of it, they go into a car wash to try to, like, break line of sight and lose the car that's chasing them. But the car that's chasing them sees them go into the car wash, so it also goes into the car wash. And so they're just, like, acting like they're still in the middle of this huge chase. But both of them are, like, the tires are locked into the car wash, and they're just going through the car wash at normal car wash speed. It was funny, but in the dumbest way possible. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Um anything else for moments for you there's a lot of weird stuff in this one no there was a lot of weird stuff and it like the the banker was getting like crazy violent and like really weird about like trying to get rid of country bell hall because it turns out that he was the kid that the country bears beat in the talent show or whatever yeah and he he's been biding his time to get his vengeance or whatever yep ridiculous well, okay, so the bad and the good, I think I've already said my bad, the horrifying animatronics, the ridiculous plot, that's most of it for me. I just put most of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the good for me, the I thought the music was actually surprisingly decent. We didn't even talk about that, but the music throughout the whole thing is pretty good. Um, and then the other thing that was impressive to me is that they used practical effects for almost everything. So stepping away from everything else about this movie and just looking at like the actual production itself the practical effects they used were actually pretty solid for the budget you could tell they're working with oh yeah i mean even though the animatronic bears are scary like it's still really cool that they were able to like like do all of that stuff yeah yeah absolutely um yeah so i said the music was good and then i just i said the bears i mean the bears are scary but they're also like pretty cool at the same time they they are. And that's where I was saying, like, I think in isolation, they're totally fine. Like, if you think about, like, any one of them as, um, like, a prop, as a puppet, as, like, a thing that Jim Henson's Creature Shop has created, it it's actually an impressive, like, piece of technology that works really well. Mm -hmm. And I guess I want to make sure, like, I'm not taking away from that. It's more of, like, once you put them into the human world and put them in the context of the story of this movie— they're so out of place that it was just constantly throwing me <laughs> off. Um, but yes, I agree. If you just look at a bear in isolation, it is actually a pretty good piece of technology. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, so would you watch it again? No, I made my my family suffer through watching this with me. and I don't think my brother appreciates that. 
<laughs> I would not either. No, I'm not going back to this one. Um, if you guys want to watch along with us, what we have coming up next, we have Bed Knobs and Broomsticks from 1971, Muppet Treasure Island from 1996, and the Apple Dumpling Gang from 1975, and more to come after that. Uh, don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get sent to you. Katie, what have you been geeking out about this week? Well, I actually have been to three concerts or four since the last time I talked to you. <laughs> wow, nice. I went to three last month, which was quite a lot. Um, but I saw Stray Kids, which was super fun because they were the last concert that I saw in person in 2020. And so I finally got to see them again. Cool. Um, which was wonderful. And then... Um, the so the one k-pop group that you liked which is the rose yeah um they're a k-rock band um they all the the three members that were in the military are finally out and they have been working on a bunch of stuff and they announced a couple days ago that they're going to be going out on a world tour and tickets went on sale today and i was able to get one Um, that's exciting that's cool i'm so excited because they're on they're like on my bucket list of k-pop groups to sing um and i finally get to see them and so i'm really really excited about that it's not until november so i have to wait a while but but you have a ticket but i have a ticket and i also spent the extra money for the lightning lane so i don't have to wait in line (laughs) (laughs) cool because it's all ga like it's all general admission and oh i'm not waiting in line for hours on a wednesday i have work (laughs) yeah um but anyways uh, and I'm going to another concert next week on Wednesday. I'm seeing 17 on the 17th, which is Perfect. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then, so my friend Diana, um, her and her husband are super into, um, they've played D and D and then they also play like Warhammer and a bunch of other, uh, like tabletop RPGs and a bunch of different stuff. And so she texted me yesterday and she was asking me when I was going to come out to visit her because they live on the East coast. And I'm like, I mean, I can come visit you whenever I was like, why are you asking me? So apparently her husband got a new D and D book, um, like a book adventure where it's based on most of Jane Austen's novels okay i see where this is going yeah and so he thought it was like surprisingly like he thought it was really cool um so it's like partially jane austen and partially a mystery so they were asking me to come out so we could play it like that'd be fun yeah and i was like i mean i would totally do that i obviously love um i love jane austen pride and prejudice is my favorite it's my favorite book um but she's even like she's so into wanting to play this and have me participate like we can play online like if you want to (laughs) and i was like i mean we can because i'm already doing that since i'm part of what is not on the as the right as the dice roll um so i told her about that and now i think she's going to be listening to that podcast whoops oh nice perfect (laughs) but yeah that's cool though yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I was like, that's a weird thing for him to come across, but I also appreciate the fact that he was like, we should get Katie to come here. <laughs> yeah, they thought of you. Yeah, yeah, so uh, hopefully that'll be a thing that happens at some point, that I'll get to play that and then tell you all about it. Very cool. I hope it happens. Me too. What about you? What have you been doing? Um, I watched a bunch of things since we last talked. Um, 
or since we last recorded, but the one that kind of jumped out above everything else, surprisingly, was Harley Quinn. Have you seen anything about this? No. Okay. So it's an animated show, which is probably why a lot of people just like overlook it. It's why I overlooked it for a long time. But season three was about to come out. And so I started hearing a bunch of buzz people talking about like, yeah, Harley Quinn is like really good. And most people don't know about it. And um, I was watching something else. I was like in you know, my family's HBO Max account watching, I don't remember what it was, but I saw Harley Quinn in there. And I was like, oh yeah, I've heard some buzz around this because a new season's coming out. So I was like, I'll just watch an episode or two. And I ended up binging season one and two within like three days. I think I watched all of the episodes, which I don't do that. Like it's very rare for me to watch it. I think that the Harley Quinn TV show might be my, like might be my favorite Batman thing that they've ever made. Wow. Um, it's really good. Like, it's it is made for adults. It is not a kids cartoon. Like, I know it's animation, and if you glance at it for a minute, you're like, okay, that's kind of a cartoon, kind of in the vein of like, um, the Batman, the the animated show. Oh, I'm butchering what it's actually called, but you know, like the classic Batman animated show that everybody isn't it loves. called the Batman animated series? <laughs> yes, thank you. No, it's like the animated series. I knew yeah. there was a specific word behind it. Um, so, you know, you glance at it and you're like, okay, it's kind of maybe similar to that a little bit in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you actually start watching it, it's like, oh, they deal with like adult problems and adult subject matter. And it's not it's not like the HBO always gratuitous uh, violence and sex, but there is violence in it and there is sex in it. And they don't like, they're not, going away from it in trying to make it like a kid's show like they will show violence on screen um and so there are times where you're just like oh wow like it just oh okay this show goes there but then the thing that really kept me coming back to it was more about like the way they talk about um relationships between characters and like where harley is as a character and how she was in this like relationship with joker that wasn't good for her and how she's moved away from it but then she's still kind of hung up on him for a while and how she gets away from that and then also like her other friends that are also villains and like where they kind of fit into the villain hierarchy and how they feel about like the villains that everybody thinks of as like the top ones you know like joker and penguin and mr freeze and these are like the b and c tier villains um and yeah and then there's a whole relationship that forms between harvey and poison ivy and like that whole relationship is handled really interestingly too as like friends that really boost each other up um and then like yeah it just i don't know it's something about the way that that show treats relationships and treats the topics that it deals with it never feels cheap it always feels earned and it's just really really good i might actually have to watch that yeah it's like i don't know it's it's so much more than it looks like on the surface. And so season three is in the process of coming out right now. So I've watched a couple episodes, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not all the way out. But yeah, if you have access to HBO Max, you can go watch all of season one and two. And they're really short, like 22 minute episodes. You can just fly through them. I do have HBO Max thanks to my brother who came to visit. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I think you might like it. It's good. Um yeah, but that's probably it for tonight. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or just on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. And you can talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or our Discord server. 
I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? Are you sure you don't want more movies with giant, scary animatronic bears? <laughs> Very sure. Thank you.